Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of... The Bait to Heal Community Podcast. This is Ryan Cabrera in studio with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. That's good. And we are doing a double portion today. We got uh, all kinds of fun stuff to talk about, skin disease, baldness, all kinds of great stuff. It's a, a double portion. The first portion is Tazria, which means she conceives. And that is in Leviticus chapter 12, verse 1 through chapter 13, verse 59, and the second portion uh, that we'll be covering today is Metzorah, which is person with skin disease, and that is found in Leviticus 14.1 through chapter 15, verse 33. So what we're going to be getting into now, because Leviticus is broken up into some segments here and sections and subject matter, uh, we're going to be looking at the uh, uh, skin disease, leprosy, uh, unclean issues, and of course, once again, the uh, Book of Leviticus is about you shall be holy. Starts with consecration, ends with consecration. I would say that Leviticus is the meat of the Torah. Uh, To the left, you have Genesis and Exodus. To the right, you've got Numbers and Deuteronomy. So chapters 1 through 17 is the way to God. It deals with redemption, Day of Atonement. And chapters 18 to 27 is, of course, the walk with God, where we have restoration and the year of Jubilee. So we're going to be getting into some very interesting things here. We can go into some greater detail, but... Just want to basically promote the Torah, um, go over it with you, and then you can uh, actually go in and investigate it yourself. So how long would a woman be unclean after having a man-child? Leviticus 12.2. Uh, seven days. Seven days unclean after having a man-child. Now, what day was the man-child to be circumcised? Uh, men were to be circumcised on the eighth day. On the eighth day. It's yep. kind of interesting. I was sharing last night, except in Iceland. Uh, they're trying to uh, make it illegal to circumcise uh, your child. I'm not sure exactly where it's at in the courts in Iceland, but but it looks like it's going to go through. But uh, that's going to be uh, a tough road for the uh, Jews and for Islam because they do believe in circumcision on the eighth day. So once again, uh, anti-Semitism. You know, anti-Semitism is, comes in many forms and fashions. But uh, on the eighth day, that's when the man-child was to be circumcised. Uh, how long was the purifying process for a woman after giving birth to a man-child? Leviticus 12.4. Uh, so this is going to be 33 days, uh, but it's plus the other seven days, so it's a total of 40 days. That's right. So a total of 40 days for a little boy. Uh, that, of course, this is the process, of, of course, of being unclean and being purified. This is not a bad thing. This is not a downer. This is not a bad thing. It's, it's just the process, you know. Could she come into the sanctuary during her purifying process? No. She's and, in the process. And correct me if I'm wrong, any, any person in what, they would, what we're calling in English an unclean status couldn't go into the sanctuary, right? That is true. That is true. So how long would a woman among Israel be unclean when bearing a female child or a daughter? Leviticus 12.5. This is going to be two weeks or 14 days. Two weeks. And how long would she have to continue in the blood of her purifying? Leviticus 12.5. And this is going to be 66 days, making a total uh, between the two of 80 days. So double That's the time. right. It's double for the daughter. I don't 
really have an explanation for that, to be honest with you. We'll have to look into that. Well, I hear they cost twice as much over their lifetime as well. You know, I'm not sure, but I know that <laughs> Judah's coming to town, and we will be asking them a lot of questions. Absolutely. Uh, after her purifying process, is she required to bring her burnt offering and her sin offering to the priest? Leviticus 12.6. Yes. Yes. She is required to bring her burnt offering and her sin offering. Once again, burnt offering and sin offering. Uh, burnt offering is voluntary. The sin offering is mandatory. So in Leviticus 12.7, were these two offerings to make atonement for her so she could be cleansed from the issue of her blood? Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Absolutely. It's part of the process. And now we're going to get into Leviticus chapter 13 and verse 3. We're going to be getting into that. And we're going to be getting into skin uh, disorders or leprosy. If you had a spot on your body and the hair inside of it was white and it was deeper than the skin of the flesh, were you considered to have leprosy? Uh, yes. You were considered to have yep. leprosy. And of course, who was responsible for diagnosing leprosy? Leviticus 13, 2. It's going to be Aaron the priest or one of his sons. Aaron the priest or one of his sons, the priesthood. You know, it's kind of interesting in the days in which we live, you know, the clergy, the spiritual leaders are supposed to be there for the people to help them and to assist them. And, you know, a lot of people would rather go to the medicine cabinet and pop pills or maybe take a few drinks and, and solve their problems. But I want to assure you that, uh, that, you know, when it comes to the, uh, the clergy, you know, they're, they're, they're to help you uh, and assist you in, in your needs. So just keep that in mind. How the enemy tries to rip us off, you know. Uh, there's even a reference uh, in the prophets that God said he'll raise up shepherds after his own heart. Uh, even Yeshua, looking down at the people and everything, when he began to minister, he said, you know, I feel sorry for the people, for they have no shepherd. So once again, shepherds are important. Uh, are you considered unclean when you have leprosy? Leviticus 13.3. Yes, yes. And this is one of those unclean uh, states that uh, I think could be obvious to a lot of people around you. It can make you kind of a, they, that's why they say when somebody's ostracized, they say that they're a leper. You know, when they're kind of put out of the camp or, or a, a social, uh, socially unacceptable person, they, they'll say that they have leprosy or a leper kind of in a, as a metaphor for whatever condition that person's Interesting. in. Interesting. Leviticus 13, for how long would an individual be quarantined and then re-examined for leprosy? Uh, seven days. Seven is the number for completion. Mm -hmm. It's the number for completion. If the plague did not spread after being examined on the seventh day by the priest, what was the next step in Leviticus 13.5? So the, the priest shall shut him up seven more days. Um, so that way they can see, is it going to grow in the next seven days? If another it, evaluation. Right. Another process. Uh, what would the priest do the second week on the seventh day in Leviticus 13.6? What would the priest do the second week on the seventh day? And so here it says, And the priest shall look on him again the seventh day, and behold, if the plague be somewhat dark, and the plague spread not in the skin, the priest shall pronounce him clean. It is but a scab, and he shall wash his clothes and be clean. Wow. Now, if the plague did not spread after being re-examined on the fourteenth day, what would they then be in Leviticus 13, 6? Clean. They would be clean. Now, uh... Leviticus 13, 29, could leprosy break out on the head or the beard? Yeah, yeah, it could. It yes, it really could. Yes, it anyway. could. And I'm going to have, uh, Ryan's going to read Leviticus chapter 13, verse 30. All right, here it says, uh, Then the priest shall see the plague, and behold, if it be in sight deeper than the skin, and there be in it a yellow thin hair, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is a dry skull, even a leprosy upon the head or beard. Wow. 
So there's the diagnosis right there in the scriptures. Uh, once a person is declared clean, what did they have to do with their clothes? Leviticus 13, 34. They would wash them. Once again, this is a ceremony, everybody. It's ceremony. Uh, it's not going to hurt you. It, it, it slows everything down. I think that's what's interesting about the Torah. Uh, the Torah allows everything just to kind of slow down. And, of course, uh, in this situation, you have to wash your clothes. Uh, Leviticus thirteen thirty seven. Was it a good sign to see a black hair grow up in the affliction of the skin? Uh, yes. Yes, that would show that the uh, skin is healthy. Uh, this is interesting. Uh in Leviticus chapter 13, verses 40 and 41, does the Bible talk about baldness? It sure does. Isn't that amazing? And is it okay to lose your hair? Uh, it is. It yes, is. it is okay to lose your hair. I said it last night, I'll say it again today, and I'll say it forever. Hair today, gone tomorrow. <laughs> you know, my kids would even tell me, Daddy, you're losing your hair. And I'm like, wow, that's brilliant. Sherlock, you figure that out, you know, yeah. that's what, just, you know, it's okay. If the Bible says it's okay, if you're losing your hair, it's all vanity, right? That's right. Leviticus 13, 42 to 44, was it considered leprosy if you had a white reddish sore on your bald head or forehead? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess we might have to examine yep. some heads. You got to watch church. your heads. There you go. White reddish sore on your bald head or forehead. Uh, was the leper commanded to cry out that they were unclean in Leviticus 13, 45? Yeah, they were to warn other people as they were coming. They were to yell out unclean. Wow, that's a, that's quite a badge of dishonor there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, where did the leper have to live? Outside the camp. Leviticus thirteen forty six. Outside the camp. <laughs> and historically, I think they had leper colonies. Um, yeah, leper colonies. Yeah. Uh, what were the three things that could happen to a garment that was contaminated? Leviticus uh, 13, 52... 54 and 56. Once again, Leviticus chapter 13, verses 52, 54, and 56. Number one is uh, to burn it. Uh, number two is to wash it. Number three is to rend it or rip it. So that's what you would do with a garment that was contaminated. Oh. Notice that, you know, a little leaven leavens the whole lump, you know, guilty by association, all these things, you know, it's kind of interesting how um, it affects everyone. It really, really does. Uh, now we've completed that particular Torah portion. Uh, we're going to go into Medzora, person with skin disease, Leviticus 14.1 through 15.33. Uh, would the priest have to go outside the camp to see if a leper was healed? Leviticus 14.3. Yeah, because once they were a leper, they didn't want him coming back inside the camp. Yes, outside the camp to see if a leper was healed so that he could not come inside the camp. Uh, Leviticus 14.4, what was needed for the healed leper to bring to the priest so that they would be cleansed? Uh, so uh, it's four things. Uh, the first thing is two birds alive and clean. Uh, number two was a, a cedar wood. Uh, number three was scarlet, and number four was hyssop. And so they had to bring those four things to the priest uh, so that they could be cleansed. Interesting. Uh, two birds alive and clean. Cedar wood, scarlet, and hyssop. You know, uh, cedar wood and hyssop is is a type of oil, or even like an aromatherapy that that you can use. Uh, it actually. Um, kind of, you know, clears your mind and, and settles you down and brings peace. But I find it interesting that this is actually brought out in this, in this cleansing process, the old cedar wood and hyssop together. Uh, it's a pretty strong oil, uh, but very interesting how uh, it's mentioned here in this process. One of the birds was to be killed. What was done with the other one in Leviticus 14.7? Yep, so one was killed and one was let loose in an open field. It's almost like the, uh, 
Azazel and the the two goats. Yep. One's offered up and one's released. Ryan's going to read Leviticus fourteen six. Uh, here we go. So it says, As for the living bird, he shall take it, and the cedar wood, and the scarlet, and the hyssop, and shall dip them in the living bird, uh, and, and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. Wow, what a process. Very, very interesting, this whole process, even dealing with birds. How many times did the priest sprinkle the healed leper in Leviticus 14, 7? That's going to be seven times. Seven's the number for completion mm-hmm. or cyclical in nature. Like a complete cycle. Now, uh, Leviticus 14.8, what three things did the healed leper have to do in order to come back into the camp? Uh, So it was going to be to wash his clothes, to shave off all his hair, and to wash himself in water. Once again, a ceremonial uh, law. Ceremonial laws here. Not going to hurt you. Wash his clothes, shave off all his hair, and wash himself in water. On what day did the healed leper have to perform additional sacrifices in Leviticus Leviticus? Was it Leviticus 14.10? Uh, yes, 14.10. Uh, it's the eighth day. So the after the day? seven days of their, of their uh, you know, waiting period or purification eighth day, period, that's the right. eighth day. Yep. Eight is the number for new beginnings. Did the sin and the trespass offering belong to the priest? It did. Leviticus 14.13. Yes, the sin and the trespass offering belong to the priests. To what parts of the healed leper's body did the priest apply the blood of the trespass offering... In Leviticus 14, 14. So this is going to be the same places for, uh, what was it, the consecration of the priests. And so this was uh, the tip of the right ear, the thumb of his right hand, and the great toe of his right foot. Wow. The tip of the right ear, the thumb of his right hand, and the great toe of his right foot, which would indicate for, of course, listening, hearing from God, the thumb of his right hand. What is he doing with his hands? And, of course, on the great toe of his right foot, where is he going? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Leviticus 14, 16. How many times did the priest sprinkle the oil with his finger before the Lord? Seven times. This word, number seven seems like a popular Everything's number. for a reason. Remember that. God is a God of order. The yeah. accurate arrangement of things. Leviticus 14, 17. What else was applied to the healed leper's ear, thumb, and great toe? The oil as well. Wow, the oil and anointing mm-hmm. uh, on those three body parts. Just like the uh, consecration of Aaron and his sons. Uh, and, of course, the whole inauguration of them, uh, that process, uh, very interesting. Uh, Leviticus 14.22, was there provision for a poor leper so that they could make sacrifices? Yes, there sure was. It's the, uh, the lower class, the middle class, and the upper class, right? Very good. That's right. Could a house have leprosy? Leviticus 14.34. Oh, yeah. A house could have leprosy. Oh, wow. So a house could have leprosy. Uh, Leviticus 14.36, did the house that was suspected of leprosy have to be emptied out before the priest could inspect it? Oh, yeah. He had to get in there and see everything, you know? Interesting, this whole process of uh, being clean. Uh, Leviticus 14.38, if there was evidence on the walls of the house of a plague, how many days did the priest require the house to be shut up and then later inspected? I'm going to make you guess on this one. Seven days. <laughs> wow, seven days. It's the, it's the number for completion. Leviticus 14.40, what did they do with the stones of the house that the plague had spr- spread throughout? Um, so uh, they cast them into an unclean place without the city. And so they um, they wanted to make sure that this plague didn't come back uh, and attack the house. And I, and I guess I'm imagining that the plague is going to be something like uh, mold or... Uh, Very good. Good point. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Leviticus 14:41, was the house with the plague then scraped? Oh yeah. And what would happen to a house where the plague of leprosy continued to grow in Leviticus 14:45? The house would be destroyed. It would be destroyed. Yep. Uh, is the purification process the same for a house as it is for a person healed from leprosy? Leviticus 14 verses 48 through 53. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. So once again, skin can be contaminated, houses can be contaminated. Uh, and so now we're going to list the three things that leprosy could contaminate. This is found in Leviticus 13, 2 and verse 47, and then Leviticus 14, 34. Yep, and, and you already listed two of them, skin and houses, and the other one was garments. So skin, garments, and houses can be contaminated. Could be contaminated. Leprosy. Even look today at, at what we're wearing and what we're doing, you know, as far as garments. You know, people wear, uh, you know... Uh, Shirts that, you know, say improper things or, or stuff like that. You just kind of think about it sometimes, you know. Uh, especially, uh, is your skin able to breathe, you know? Uh, the different types of fabrics, you know, don't mix the clothing. It's kind of interesting. Uh, there's a lot more to that we don't have time to get into. But those are the three things that leprosy could contaminate. Skin, garments, and houses. Uh, what would a man be if he had a running sore on his flesh? Leviticus 15.2. Unclean. He would be unclean. Leviticus 15, 4, would everything that the unclean man touched be considered unclean? Yes. Very interesting. In Leviticus 15, 8, Ryan's going to read that. All right, so uh, Leviticus 15, 8 says, And if he that hath the issue spit upon him that is clean, then he shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until evening. Wow. So, see, you can contaminate somebody with your spit. I mean, look at that. Leviticus 15, 8. What would happen with an earthen vessel touched by a male with a running sore? Leviticus 15, 12. So, the earthen vessels would be broken. Because of the pores. Right. So, just like anything that held anything unclean, if it's porous, it had to be broken. In Leviticus 15, 12, what would happen with a vessel of wood touched by an unclean male who had a running sore? It'd be rinsed in, in water. And how many days were required for cleansing a male with a running sore? Leviticus 15, 13. Seven days. Seven. Wow. Seven, seven is days. everywhere. <clears throat> and what did the male have to bring to the priest on the eighth day of his cleansing in Leviticus 15, 14? Two turtle doves and two young pigeons. Two turtle doves or two young pigeons on the eighth day of his cleansing. In Leviticus 15, 15, how... Did the priest make atonement for the man with the running sore? So the priest would offer up a sin offering and a burnt offering on behalf of the man with the, the running sore. In Leviticus fifteen sixteen, if a male spills his seed, is he unclean until evening? Oh, yeah. Once again, gentlemen, don't spill your seed. You're unclean until evening. You're not supposed to spill your seed. Uh, Leviticus 15, 16. There's stories about that in the Bible. Um, but once again, here is the Torah portion. Um you know, it's interesting that, uh, and I just want to bring this to light. We won't have to go there, but I didn't get to share it last night. But in Galatians five nineteen through 21, it makes reference to the, uh, to the flesh, the 17 works of the flesh. One of them is uncleanness. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of interesting that it looks like we would have to go back to Leviticus 
to decide on what is unclean. You know, if uncleanness is a work of the flesh, that's right. Then we need to go back and look at it. Go check it out for yourself. What Paul was saying, and it's also I think it's a because you made the point about uh, a woman's monthly cycle and that it not being a bad thing that it's just part of a cycle. That uncleanness is not necessarily a sin. Uh, I think that the sin comes in the purposeful. Becoming it's unclean. a state of being. Right. It's a, it's, it's a cycle. But when you purpose to become unclean, so when you eat something that you're not supposed to eat, that's a sin because right. you're purposing to become unclean. Or, right. in this case, spilling the seed, so on and so forth. So once again, if a male spills the seed, he is unclean until evening. Uh, uh, Leviticus 15, 16, was he required to wash with water? Oh, yeah. And would a woman be unclean if a man spilled his seed? Leviticus 15, 18. Yes. Yes. Uh, if a woman had an issue of blood, how long was she to be set apart? Leviticus fifteen nineteen. Seven days. Seven days. Very interesting. You know, take all this to the Lord, gentlemen. For you gentlemen that are listening to this, you're probably thinking, how bizarre is this? <laughs> how but bizarre? take it to the Lord. Take it to the Holy Spirit. He'll show you. Well, I think uh, that also that you couldn't, you couldn't uh, lay with your wife uh, before going to the temple as well. So, I mean, I think right, that this yeah. is not, again, it's not a sin. It's necessarily, it's... it's the, yeah, you you're not to, to be intimate when she's having her cycle. That gentlemen. either. Well, that Don't too. force that. Don't be an animal. Yeah. Be a homo sapien. Be a human. <laughs> you know, but realize that you're just going to have to wait because intimacy will come later. But yeah, you're not supposed to be uh, with your wife when she is having her cycle. So just remember that because she's in a state of uncleanness and you don't want to be, you can get into trouble with that. Uh, Leviticus 15, 20. If a woman with an issue of blood sat on something, was it considered unclean? Yes. We know now today that there's much more hygiene, much better hygiene than there was back then. Uh, so once again, uh, just consider that as well. Uh, Leviticus fifteen twenty seven: uh, If someone sat on something that an unclean woman sat on, would that person be unclean? Yes. Yes. If so, for how long? Until evening. Until the evening. And so I... it's kind of interesting how, you know, in our state of uncleanness, we can affect other people. Yeah. So we think, well, you know, it's my life, you know. But yeah, but you know what? Other people can pay the price for your mistakes and... And you could actually bring harm. It's kind of interesting, you know. Uh, take responsibility for your life. That's what I see. Uh, Leviticus fifteen twenty seven. If someone was determined to be unclean because of making contact with an unclean woman, what two things were required? Uh, to wash his clothes and to bathe himself. Wash his clothes and to bathe himself. And uh, Leviticus fifteen twenty nine. What was the woman required to bring to the priest on the eighth day? Uh, it's going to be two turtle. Turtles or two turtle doves or That's two young right. pigeons. Two turtle doves or two young pigeons. Uh, was this offering to make atonement for her? Uh, yeah, of course. Yes, Leviticus 15.30. Yes. And then we're going to finish up with, uh, and we'll talk about a few more things here in regards to leprosy. Uh, and Ryan's going to read Leviticus 15.31. All right, so Leviticus 15.31. Thus shall ye separate the children of Israel from their uncleanness, that they die not in their uncleanness when they defile my tabernacle that is among them. You know what, just to keep this in mind, as you think about, you know, leprosy, uh, it's very interesting because King Uzziah forced his way into the temple and he was a righteous king, and but then he got strong in his heart and he forced his way into the, you know, this, this priesthood responsibility of lighting the incense and, and the, 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 a bunch of priests, I don't know how many, but there's a bunch of them tried to stop him. But he forced his way in there to, to light the incense because he felt like he had the right to do that. And he was struck with leprosy for his whole life and set outside the camp. So he forced his way, you know, and he overstepped uh, his, his job field or his, his calling, which was to be a king. 
and he was not meant to do the incense. So he paid the price for that. We also look at um, the story of Miriam coming against Moses, her younger brother. And uh, she was the firstborn, then Aaron, and then Moses in that birth order. But she came against Moses. And then um, it was interesting that, you know, she was struck with leprosy and Moses cried out. And so how long was she outside the camp, Ryan? Seven days. Seven bum, days. Bum, bum. You know, and that's an interesting story. So, you know, what's going on on the outside is really what's going on on the inside. So just like with slander and gossip and all these other things, you know, it can bring sickness and, and a plague of leprosy upon us, a spiritual leprosy. So I want to encourage all of you that are listening to this podcast to really ask for forgiveness for talking down on ministers or ministries or people or or any, any religion. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we just don't have the right to be negative and condescending, you know. I don't think it's the right thing to do and to bring harm to somebody with our words. And so I want to encourage all of you to reevaluate actually what you're saying and what you're doing with your life because, you know, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, uh, the mouth's going to speak. And, and death and life is in the power of the tongue, and you shall eat the fruit thereof. So just, just keep that in mind as we begin to, to look at these ceremonial laws and this, this whole skin disease and everything. And, and now we have, of course, dermatologists and, and lotions and all these interesting things. But, you know, sometimes our, our, our sickness or our, our, our ailment uh, can be the result of sin. Uh, it actually can be. So just keep this in mind as you uh, continue to do the things you're doing. And, and Ryan is going to uh, lead us in the counting of the Omer, and, uh, and that's going to be exciting. That is right, and so uh, if you're listening to this and uh, you know, you've been going to the evangelical church for a long time, you may have never heard of the counting of the Omer, but you may have heard of Pentecost. And so everyone knows about Acts 2, uh, that Pentecost is um, uh, the feast or, the, or, or the, the, the holiday that we celebrate, the giving of the Holy Spirit in the upper room in Acts 2. And so if you're Pentecostal, then you're very, very familiar with this. But many people don't know that the Torah was given on this very same day at Mount Sinai uh, 1,500 years earlier. And so the very same day, truth and spirit were given on Shavuot, which is the celebration uh, or the Feast of Weeks that's coming up uh, here in about a month. And so the counting of the Omer is the 50 days from first fruits to Shavuot or to Pentecost. And so the reason that Pentecost is named Pentecost is because it's named after 50 which is the 50 days, like I said, from Shavuot, I'm sorry, from uh, from first fruits to uh, Pentecost. And so it says here um, that uh, you're going to count 50 days or, or seven Sabbaths plus one day, a total of 50 days. And so we say uh, a blessing, and I'm going to uh, walk you guys through the blessing. It's Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kidshanu Bamitzvatav Vitzivanu Al Sifarat Ha Omer. And uh, in English it is Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, whose commandments add holiness to our lives and gives us the command to count the Omer. And then we'll say, uh, in order to follow the commandment of counting and numbering, we'll say, Today, Today is. is- 10, Ten days, days, which, which is, is one week and, and three days of the, of the counting, counting of the Omer. Amen. And so um, uh, just real quick, it says, And you shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall ye number fifty days, and ye shall offer a new meat offering 
unto the Lord. And so that is in Leviticus 23, uh, verses 15 and 16, and that gives you the instructions for the counting of the Omer right there, and that is the commandment that was just referenced. And so it's exciting. Um, the Omer season, the 50 days uh, between the, the Feast of First Fruits uh, during the Unleavened Bread Week and uh, the 50th day, which is Pentecost, is a, is a time of creativity historically. It's a time of testing. It's a time of uh, excitement uh, because we're counting up to something. We're counting up to the, the, the time period of the covenant when the covenant was given at Mount Sinai and when the Holy Spirit was given uh, in the upper room in Acts 2. And so very, very exciting stuff. And so um, thanks for listening, guys. We, we love all of you and uh, hope that you guys are doing well this week. Uh, make sure that you're counting the Omer together every night. Um, if you're listening to this and it's Tuesday, uh, April uh, 10th, um, during the day, it is the 10th day, but this evening at sunset will begin the 11th day, and you can uh, count it and say that same blessing. And you know what? I just want to wish my beautiful daughter, Adea Rachel Plummer, a happy birthday. Aww, happy she birthday. is actually seven years old today. Ooh, seven. And, uh, and just doing well. Wow. So, I mean, she's turning seven on the day of sevens. Imagine that. Um, that is exciting. So, um, again, if you guys are, are listening, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Uh, you can reach out to us. You can email me at ryan at twopraise.net, ryan at twopraise.net. You can also watch our live stream services uh, every Shabbat or Saturday from 11 uh, to about 2 o'clock. And that, you can find it at twopraise.net and go to the, the Watch Us Live tab. And then you can also reach out to the office in case you wanted some uh, literature or you need something emailed to you. We do have some Omer sheets that you guys can get from us uh, where you can color in every day um, the Omer up to 50. Um, and uh, you can call us and we'll email those to you as well. And that's at 813-654-2222. Have a great week.